0: We got one week until puck drop, and the blue line still has so many questions on it. Can this be a winning formula? We'll talk about that and more on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. Part of Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day.
1: You're Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome into the Locked on Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morosuti. And Dave, we are just a couple of tortured Toronto sports fans, let me tell you. We just finished watching the putrid Blue Jays' performance, and I gotta tell you, there, there's, there's a lot of parallels between the Jays in the postseason and the Leafs in the postseason, is there not? Like, does that not just... Remind you of what we always see happen in the springtime with with the stars of Toronto?
1: Yeah, pretty much the the same. Like, talk to any of my buddies and even family members after that Jays game. It's just like same old story. I mean, they said a lot of other things I cannot repeat on this broadcast. Um, bleep, <laughs> bleep, yeah. bleep,
0: bleep, 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 bleep.
1: With a few finger motions to go along with it as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Really.
1: Like it's it's frustrating, man, like to see. And I kind of tried to tell people, don't get your hopes up on this Jays team. I mean, I know this isn't locked on Blue Jays. I know you and Sean take care of a lot of that breakdown. But I told people, don't get your hopes up for two reasons. One, because of what we saw during the regular season. And two, Toronto sports fans have seen this, this, this script Time and time again, like you talk about the script in the NFL, that's been like the big thing lately. The Toronto sports scene has the most predictable script I have ever seen from a sports fan base perspective. No other Um, city, in my opinion, has what the Toronto sports landscape has in terms of a script of failure.
0: Yeah, no offense, stars go quiet every postseason. Every single postseason, this happens to the Maple Leafs. Oh,
1: the Raptors into that, by the way. I it's not just the. Like, I know the Raptors won in 2019. It feels like the city like sold their soul for that one because yeah. But it's
0: true. But since then, they haven't really done a whole lot, have they?
1: No, and even before that, like you think about what happened to that team beforehand, it was always the star guys. Got outplayed by the other team star guys. Yeah, the, the DeMar DeRozan, you know,
0: was wasn't able to bring his game to the level that they needed to, right? And Kyle Lowry also. And then yeah. they brought in Kawhi and that kind of changed things for a year. And then they were never really able to, you know, bounce back after Kawhi ditched him and left. And um, you know, the the, the but the Jays and the Leafs in particular, like the, these two teams are still. Just searching, searching for some sort of success. Like I know the Jays had a little bit of success back in 2015, 2016, where at least they had one series. Um, and you know, they did make it all the way to an NLCS uh you know a few years back, but it, it just the last couple of seasons, like this iteration, the current cores of the group, the Vladdy Bo core and the Matthews and Marner core, just seems like you know, it's the exact same story where they consistently have just like fumbled the bag here in the postseason and just can't provide any offense for their clubs.
1: Yeah, it, it's and it's the stars who are failing, right? We talked, you know, about Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, Boba Shedd, and Vladdy and Vladdy are the two kind of they kind of like they're it's almost like that duel. Look in the Dave, mirror.
0: This, this, this is exactly what I just said, guy. Like, like,
1: what I'm saying, like, it's just look in the mirror. Yeah, um, and people, talk, and it's funny because a lot of my a lot of my family was like, I'm "Not gonna watch the Leafs," and I'm like, "But well, you you watch the Blue Jays." <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the same you have, thing, bro. You have the same conversations about the Blue Jays that you do with the Leafs. The only difference is, technically, Blue Jays games are a little bit cheaper to attend than Leafs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you can exactly. get tickets tickets to these games of Minnesota for like ten bucks. It's insane. Insane. I, I heard a whole bunch of people from Thunder Bay apparently did whip down to Minnesota and, and and catch a game. Some of the people who lived in the, you know, Manitoba, Northern Ontario border um tried to whip down there. I did see a bunch of Blue Jays, you know, fans cheering. There wasn't a lot to cheer for, unfortunately. Uh, But they got one more chance to, uh, to extend the season. They do play today. Uh, One more game. Jose Barrios is going to go to the mound. Uh, As you mentioned, Dave, before, I I don't think I've mentioned it on this podcast, but the duration of the playoff run, which really could just be one more episode. Uh, I am filling in pinch hitting on the locked on Jays podcast. So if you are curious, if there is a locked on blue Jays pod, uh yeah, there is. And uh, you know, we're doing daily coverage there as well. Myself and Sean Woodley, who's the uh, co-host of the locked on Raptors pod. So just a couple tortured sports fans who are out there. You know, I chat Lee's for a living. He chats raps for a living. And we joined up to talk about the blue Jays and, Hey, it's the same old story, no matter what, just insert star name here, and it literally is the same script. Um, Anyways, speaking of uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, though, they were not in practice today. They made their way up to Gravenhurst, where they will get in a couple of practices. They're doing some team bonding activities over the next couple of days, and then they've got a game against the Detroit Red Wings on Thursday. Um, I, I believe they're just there for a couple of days. I, I know that on yesterday's pod, I think I said that, you know, they were going to be there for a few days and, and then some were going to come back and play, but I think they're all coming back Thursday and going to play that game um, or whoever yeah. is
1: built I to play, after, will play. I'm like, uh, they kind of need these guys to come back. Otherwise, but like, yeah, they're going to have yeah. enough players to play.
0: Yeah. So they'll, they'll, they'll get some guys out in that game, obviously. So they're going to be out there for a couple of days though, having some fun as a team. Uh, hopefully all is well for them and they can get, uh, you know, get that bonding going so that they can make sure that they're a close knit team and, you know, try and exercise those demons that do exist within the Toronto sports scene. Uh, The Jays will try and do it today. And hopefully, you know, the, the, Maple Leafs who technically did actually exercise their demon last uh, last year. I don't know if you saw this actually just one more quick reference with the Blue Jays and the uh and the Maple Leafs. David Alter, who covers the Leafs daily basis, great reporter, beat reporter for uh, the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated. He was tweeting at the game um or tweeting about how both the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Minnesota Twins coming into this 2023 season Uh, neither team had won a playoff game since 2004 the Maple Leafs did it and then finally the streak is snapped also or I guess I'd never won a series uh, for the for the 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 Toronto Maple Leafs and they finally won a series and then finally the twins win themselves a game Um, so just another kind of link I suppose out the city of Toronto sports and um, you know playoff disappointment i suppose uh but yes the toronto maple leafs not uh on practicing today they're down in gravenhurst uh but we do we do want to start a new segment because we've got a week until puck drop and we're going to be asking we've got about five shows i guess until opening night remaining so each day we're going to be asking kind of the least burning question uh between now and um and the start of the season so today's we're going to focus on the blue line so why don't we take a quick break when we get back let's get into it we'll set it up and talk about whether or not we think this blue line is good enough how much change do we think is going to occur throughout the season and uh how many question marks do you have going into the year we'll answer all that and more. but first dave have a word from today's show sponsor
1: Yes, today's show is brought to you by Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates and the right skills. When you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting in these U.S. data shows over 80 percent of P- Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job candidates you invite to apply through InstaMatch are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. According to U.S. Indeed data with instant match, as soon as you sponsor posts, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description and you can invite them to apply right away. So join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows you when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications to match your must-have requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. So just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Need to hire. You need Indeed.
0: Welcome back into the Locked On Lease Podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morisuti. We are hosts here on the Locked On Lease Podcast. You can find us Monday through Friday. We're putting out new episodes for you guys all season long. Uh, So make sure that you are subscribed, wherever you get your podcast from. uh, Also find us up on YouTube as well. uh, Lockdown Leafs on YouTube. Hit subscribe, hit the little notification bell as well, and you'll be notified every time we drop a new episode. Like I said, Monday through Friday, five new shows minimum each week. Top-notch analysis of the Maple Leafs. So if you are a diehard Leaf fan and you want to be, you know, in the know what's going on within the Maple Leafs, make sure you're locked on to the Lockdown Leafs podcast uh, all right, Dave, so we're going to start a new series here. We're going to be asking a burning question of the day going forward from now uh, until basically the first day of the season for the Maple Leafs, which is a week today, next Wednesday, against the Montreal Canadiens. So we have five shows p- prior to that. So we've got five questions lined up. And I think the first question, because this is, this is probably the main question that people have about this team. I think it's a valid one because there's a lot of, well, there's questions within the question ultimately. So there's a lot of meat on the bone for us to dive into here. Um, So pretty much the question overarching one is, is the blue line good enough to compete for a cup?
1: It's tough to judge it because we haven't seen it at full strength. But just looking at it on paper, I'm I certainly have question marks when I look at teams that have won cups in the past and the blue lines that they've had. But I have a hard time thinking it just because. So what do they
0: lack? What do they lack? Let's let's dive into that a little bit more. So what do they lack? Like, what do they have? And then what do they lack?
1: One thing for me, they lack. They don't they literally don't have that much depth. It's either, well, Tim is going down. There's there's one guy you've been missing for a good period. But then you look at the options. If Klingberg were to miss time, Riley were to miss time, Brody were to miss time. And some people say, oh, you're not going to lose all those people at once. Uh, there was a time and period where TJ Brody and Morgan Riley missed time last year. And yes, the Leafs' defense was able to ho- withstand that. But I don't know if this defense this year can do that they don't necessarily have a lot of guys that I think that can step up and meet that challenge. I do like that. They have Jake McCabe, TJ Brody, I think has to play better than he did last year, which is going to be harder for him to do. And, you know, Mark Giordano might win out for a job here. I mean, they could potentially waive him and go with, uh, Simon Benoit, but I don't even know if that's, <laughs> that has as much confidence in my ability. I, I would be
0: it by the way. Just turned forty years old yesterday. Forty yeah. years old
1: for all. I'm at Mark Giordano. Like forty is impressive to still be playing in the NHL at forty years old. But at his age, the Leafs can't. The Leafs have to find a way to give this guy days off and things like that. But look, we did that whole salary cap breakdown yesterday, and they got to make some really tough decisions to even get somebody here that can spell him some days off.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's going to be interesting. The only other way, I suppose, you could do like 11 and 7, maybe just to give him some lesser minutes, I suppose, would kind of be the way to do it. Um, or 11 and 6. I, I, I don't even know what you what you try and do there to try and lessen the low. But uh, regardless, yes, massive question marks uh, when it comes to multiple pieces on this blue line. I think that is really the... You know, why it's so much in question of whether or not this this blue line is good enough is because I don't really have confidence to say that there is, you know, like any blue liner that I feel good about that I know what I'm going to get from. Like, can, can you tell me what you're going to get this year out of Lilligren?
1: I have a hard time really defining what his role is going to be.
0: Can you definitively tell me what we're going to get out of TJ Brody?
1: him definitely not why for me it's like we have well he he finally played his first game but i don't know if we're gonna get the tj brody who looked lost at times in his own zone looked a little overwhelmed or are look we gonna get go? the look slow last year it took a step back i don't know if we're gonna get a tj brody that's actually maybe found a pep in his step which at his age <laughs> it's tough to do i I, I don't like going with the age question a lot with defensemen. but defensemen who don't have speed, but then lose speed. That's a problem. That's problematic. And I know he's a stay at home and he's not expected to join the rush and do things like that. But you have to be able to react right in the to yeah. be a it's, shut down guy
0: like Brody, they, like Brody can skate. Don't get me wrong. Like Brody's always been like a decent skater, but it did look like he lost maybe a step. A little bit last year now injury definitely could have been, you know, part of the problem there. He did suffer an injury pretty early on this season where he missed, you know, a month of uh, a good chunk of time and did it linger throughout the year? I mean, he didn't come out and say it did, but perhaps that is the case. So I think we do have that question mark on TJ Brody. Like was last year just a blip for him? Or is he slowing down heading into his age 33 season, which is where we typically see, you know, players start to decline into their early 30s. So I think that is a legitimate question mark to have. And, you know, two years ago, he was somebody who you felt confident about. You knew what you were going to get at a steady Eddie, you know, TJ Brody. He was this team's most, you know, relied upon, dependable defenseman that they had. And now if he's, you know, taking a step back and if he gives you the same output that he did, you know, in the second half of last season, I don't know if that's good enough anymore to be anchoring a top pair alongside Morgan Riley. So there is totally a big question mark on TJ Brody. And what about Morgan Riley? I mean, let's be honest here. Morgan Riley had a tale of two halves last season, right? There were times where Morgan Riley uh, wasn't very good, where you sat there and thought to yourself, man, this guy looks slow, looks like he's lost his step. I don't know if he's, you know, able to, if he's injured, if he's able to play at the level that they need him to be. And then you saw him in the playoffs and he was unbelievable. The guy looked like Bobby Orr in the playoffs. Like he was legitimately one of the best, like he was playing at the height of his game in the playoffs. Like I've never seen him play as well as he did uh, in the postseason last year. Can he play like that this year? Like, can he, can he replicate the way that he was playing like that? without Luke Shen, like how much of it was Luke Shen or how much of it was this guy just playing confidence and can he dig deep and find that Morgan Riley again? That's another guy where if he can bring that element in the same tenacity that he brought last year in the postseason and give you an 82 game plus another playoff like that, you feel a little bit better about this blue line if that's the type of Morgan Riley you're going to get all year.
1: Yeah, you need the explosive Morgan Rowley. You need the Morgan Rowley that's going to drive play, that's going to assert himself into the offense. But you also need the Morgan Rowley that's got to realize he can't do it all the time, and he has to be... He has to make the smart decisions, right? He's not going to be the shutdown guy making hits in the the defensive zone, but he's the one that's got to make the smart plays, use his skating to get himself out of trouble rather than trying to pass it too much. I feel like his skating is what should be his... You know, the 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 thing that helps this Leaves team really take that next step and maybe ease some of those questions is he can use that skating. Problem is he didn't really do it last year because we know he had some injuries. It took him to get back, it took him some time to get back.
0: But... And he spent a lot of time playing, you know, with Justin Hall and TJ yeah. Brody, and he wasn't, you know, spending a lot of time with or with uh, or not Brody Lilligren, he spent some time with with Brody as well. But that Brody was coming back from injury himself. So, you know, Brody wasn't himself. So how much did that impact Morgan Riley? You now, there mm-hmm. were a lot of situations last year that, you know, could speak to maybe why he didn't look quite like himself, like a top pair defenseman that we've known him to be. But then he really rounded out his game and found a way to, to get it done in the playoffs like that. I mean, that series against Tampa Bay he was incredible. So if he can play like that for this team this year, I think, uh, you know, that, that at least is a positive uh, for the Maple Leafs, but if not another question mark for, for Morgan Riley, yeah. um, you know, we can keep going down the list Why don't we take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll see is there's question marks on the remaining guys who we expect to be on this blue line, or is there someone who is at least steady Eddie, they know what you're going to get. So we'll have that discussion, uh, and continue this topic on the other side. But first, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors. They're good pals over at FanDuel. Snap into action. This NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On at Least podcast. It's Mike DeStefano and Dave Morisuti with you. We're continuing this discussion about the Maple Leafs Blue Line. Are they good enough to win was the overarching question. And now we're kind of just going through each defenseman one by one and seeing, well, what questions do we have about the players uh, individually? Or is there anyone that actually gives you, uh, you know, any right to feel good about the way that they should play, right? Like you think about some of the guys uh, where you know what type of play, you know what production you're going to get from them, right? Like, you know, Rossmas Darlene going to be unbelievable. You know, Adam Fox is going to be in the Norris conversation. You know, Jacob Truba is going to be a steady Eddie player. Jacob Slavin going to be a steady Eddie player. McAvoy, right? Like, you know, there are certain defensemen out there, who you just know exactly what you're going to get from those guys because they give it to you year in, year out, game in, game out, shift in, shift out. Um, can't really say that about a lot of these players on the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we just went through the top pair with Riley and TJ Brody question marks there. But if we continue to go down the list, there's still a lot of question marks. I think maybe the biggest question mark is the newest addition to this Maple Leafs blue line over the off season. And that was John Klingberg. Can he bounce back to being a top four defenseman that he showed earlier in his career in Dallas? Because if he can, Right, the Maple Leafs got themselves quite a steal and a bargain at $4.5 million bucks as a top-four guy who could provide some offense. But if we get the same John Klingberg that was just pitiful in Anaheim, at well, least got some problems.
1: With John Klingberg, he has to keep it simple. He can't be – like I, I, when I watched him play in that preseason game, what worked for him was, you know, closing the gaps on players, using his skating to be in good positions on the ice, long stick. Gets, right? His long stick, and then when he's in the offensive zone, he's always looking at finding ways to get that puck to the net, right? Driving play—that's what makes John Klingberg such a valuable contributor on the blue line. But when the diff, when he's stuck in his own zone, far too long, that. That negates why they want John Klingberg on this Leafs team. I understand why they brought him in. The Leafs defense had struggled to put together offense, to generate offense. He he was brought in to help with that. But as Sheldon Keefe said, he knows they need to work on his defensive game. He needs to work on it. That's going to be the biggest question mark for him is can he make those strides defensively that he did not make the last couple of years like this and I know everyone's talking about his time with Anaheim and how Anaheim was just so bad but there was a little bit of it before he even went to Anaheim too right the Dallas stars weren't convinced to bring him back the Dallas stars were a good team and they decided to let him go so I think I think that's something that you know has to be taken into account here is that you know again he's also getting older too he's not the you know most fleetest of foot is probably what he was in Dallas so he's got to be a smarter player. But what I do like is the offensive instincts. Because the Leafs don't really have a guy that has, those, that has those instincts like he does. Maybe it was Connor Timmons. Connor Timmons is probably the only other guy that I thought was going to be a natural producer for offense. But now Timmons is is hurt. So Klingberg's going to have to be that guy.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. And that's what he's brought in to be, right? But I do want to say one thing that... I don't know if it worries me, but I'm going to bring up uh, the Athletic wrote an article and they did their, well, they do this for every team. It's a season preview. And I want to show you one in particular stat about John Klingberg that definitely is going to have some people worried. Like you see right here, we're talking about, you know, offensive rating, defensive rating, and then your net rating. So every other player on the Maple Leafs here is a plus net rating when you include, include their offensive numbers and their defensive numbers, their efficiency on offense and defense. Every player except John Klingberg. Pretty good, plus four, second on the team in offensive rating, but a minus seven defensively, and it's not even close how, how much worse he was defensively than everybody else on the team, even like if even you go back and you look at the forwards, there wasn't even another four that came close to being negative seven, negative three was Max Doman. He played for the Chicago Blackhawks for most of the season last year. Um, So that's something that is definitely going to be worrisome. Um, And the numbers don't lie. He's been absolutely, uh, he's been an albatross essentially in his own zone. So it'll be interesting to see if they can, coach him up a little bit. Maybe the system could allow him to to be better. And, you know, for him, I know he wasn't necessarily playing with the best players in Anaheim. So maybe that was a reason for why the numbers were so black, but they weren't that great. Also, when he went to Minnesota, a much better team. um, Then again, it was a deadline acquisition. Did he have time to really get himself familiar with the systems and with the players? Maybe not. But after, you know, a full training camp, um, although he's been injured, so it's not like he's even on the ice making, you know, forming chemistry, I suppose. But maybe this year could be a little bit different in a different situation, and they could find a way to get by on defense, not be such a, a, a negative, um, and you know, put him in favorable positions and allow him to cook offensively, be a breakout man, and obviously he's he's gonna be on the first unit power play as well. So lots of questions when it comes to John Klingberg. Um, Jake McCabe, I guess, is the next guy on our list here for us to to talk about. Is Jake McCabe a safe player for you, or do you also have questions there?
1: He's mostly safe for me. I know in the Florida series there were a lot of issues with how he played, but I also think he was kind of got caught up in all the physicality and trying to respond and you know be that physical force for the Leafs I just think if he if he played like he did when he was acquired once he kind of got his you know feet got got comfortable in the system I think he can be a, like the closest thing to a steady defenseman that the Leafs have in my opinion right physical block shots that's what he needs to do he doesn't need to do that much right I think less will be more for him.
0: Yeah, I... It's tough to... I wouldn't say he's the most steady defenseman they have. Like, there still is going to be question marks about Jake McKay, but it's more so, I think, can he handle, uh, you know, more important responsibilities. We saw him get exposed uh, in the playoffs, not only against Florida, but also against... Tampa Bay lightning. Like this guy was, I think he was on the ice for like nine of the 13 goals or something like that. in in that series against the Maple Leafs. So, and and that was when he was playing on a shutdown pair with TJ Brody. So if he's not going to be uh thrust in that, in those positions where he doesn't have to play those difficult minutes and he gets put in favorable positions, maybe you do feel more comfortable, but he, he's going to eventually need to probably, you know, play some of those minutes. And that's where it's, okay, is he going to get exposed again or did he learn from those mistakes? And can he be a number four defenseman for this team? Because they're going to need it, right? Like he's supposed to be the Jake Muzzin replacement. Muzzin was a number four. He was a good number four. And that's what they're going to need McCabe to be as well. Um, So slight question marks there, but I I will agree that probably less so than maybe the rest of the, the group. And that could be both a positive and a negative because I don't think you expect a whole lot from Jake McCabe, but uh then again that means that there's not much for him to flounder uh and disappoint. I like suppose
1: we talked about how much he was used defensively in those in the playoffs. Sixty seven percent of his shift starts were in the defensive zone.
0: Exactly. Exactly. We, and like there now he's gonna be on an island though, like if he's playing with Klingberg. Right, that guy's going to jump into the rush. Jake McCabe is going to be on an island if puck comes, if play comes back the other way in transition, and he's going to have to make sure that he's in position. Right, mm-hmm. so he, he that is going to be an adjustment playing with Klingberg, you know, as opposed to playing with a guy like TJ Brody is going to be an adjustment. Uh, you would think that they will get some offensive zone faceoffs or some neutral zone faceoffs, um, and, and that should help as well with the matchups. Uh, but it, it is going to be different playing with him as opposed to playing with you know Justin Hall or TJ Brody like he did for most of last season.
1: Yeah, and and the issue in the playoffs was his play at five on five defensively, right? Like and on the penalty kill, he's actually pretty stellar. The Leafs penalty kill was actually not too bad in the playoffs. It is the five on five that he is going to have to work on, and he's he's had the Leafs have had the whole offseason to dissect what went wrong there and the coach staff has and there's new coaches too let's not forget right mike van ryan maybe he can figure out something that you know i can't even remember who is the defensive coach
0: well he's still there dean Chinouth is is still there but van ryan's helping right he's now just on the bench with them and then guy boucher took over for spencer carberry i was Um,
1: for how that all laid out so I, I think that makes it de- that coaches can help in that regard too.
0: For sure. Especially someone who played the game and played a defensive style game like Ben Ryan. So absolutely. I think that could, uh, that could definitely help out. Uh, all right. Lilligren is probably the guy who there's going to be some big question marks with him. And it's more so just, can he take this next step? You no, know, there, we spoke about it either yesterday or on the podcast before, And, you know, it's been widely publicized now that this team and Sheldon Keefe expect him to take a step. They want him to take a more of a leadership role, both on the ice and off the ice. And is he capable of doing that? I think is the question, Dave.
1: I do think that's that's a question because we've seen issues on the ice where it's his consistency hasn't really been there. Sometimes I think he feel like he gets a little overwhelmed, right? Where he is trying to do too much. Um, uh, but I think the confidence that the team and the veterans show in him maybe will give him some of that confidence, right? That I know that it maybe it's been tough for him because he doesn't he hasn't really had a defined role since he's come to the NHL. He's kind of been play for top earth, Morgan Riley. Now you're on the now you're on the uh third pairing. Oh, now you're going to be out of the lineup because we trust Justin Hall more than you. Yeah, that that the flip flopping of his role. He hasn't had a defined role that he can just work on it, and that's his. I don't know if
0: he's going to have a defined role this year either, though. Like, there's still going to be some some movement.
1: Yeah, I do. I think there will be definitely be some tinkering, but I think this is the time for this coaching staff to show the confidence in what they think he can do and what they what the potential he has. I mean like I wouldn't be surprised if he sees a little more time the penalty kill. Right? He's not playing on the power play. He was in the past. Maybe he'll get a little bit of time on the second power play unit. If I'm not I don't I think it's I I mean now that they brought in Flingberg
0: right like Morgan is gonna go on the second unit. And you can also
1: be on the second unit too, but at the same time like that's not like you're you're just kind of up in their mop up duty, right? Yeah, like
0: you know, 18 seconds left at the end. It's yeah. is what it is.
1: I think but I think for him they need him to take the strides defensively because offensively, I, I just don't know if he has it, right? Like it wasn't a big part of his game when he was with the Marlies. He was he would chip in offensively, he would have a few goals, but that's not what he was counted on to be. He was counted on to kind of play and all different situations.
0: Okay, so let's put a hypothetical here, okay? And we talked about Giordano also briefly at the start, right? 40, uh, you know, can he play, uh, like last year you saw the wheels come off in the postseason, like, again, is that age or was that wear and tear? What does he look like this year? And I think that's a, also a very valid question when it comes to 40-year-old Zio Gio. Um, But let's say just for hypothetical purposes dave that everybody actually everyone has a a, a good season right things go right for everybody so morgan miley plays just like he did in the playoffs you get that bounce back from tj brody you get that bounce back from john klingberg and you end up getting a steady number 4 uh you know type of play from Uh, From Jake McCabe, you get Lilligren who kind of takes that next step and gives you real solid third line minutes who could be potentially move up in the lineup if need be. And then you get Giordano uh, who, you know, comes in and out of the lineup but provides you solid third pair minutes when he is there. If everything goes right for this blue line, are they good enough then? Or do you still think even if everything goes perfectly and swimmingly, it's still not good enough?
1: If everything goes right, I think they can, they'll be, they can be a pass, like they can be passable. But just like last year, I think they're going to look at ways to improve. Like they're going to look and get a good look at this roster. And I think they're going to see there are areas where they can't upgrade. Namely, the third pairing. That's the one that's going to worry me the most.
0: Well, here's one thing that we didn't really talk about at all throughout the this discussion when talking about these blue liners and it's been a massive discussion ever since tree living came to this group came to this team and we speak about this group the lack of size yeah so regardless however well they can play offensively riley Klingberg lilligren is it going to matter when the postseason gets here Because size is so key. We saw that last year in the playoffs, right? You look at the final four, you had three of the top defensive teams that were just mutants. You look at the who won the Stanley Cup, they got mutants out there on the blue line in Vegas. So that's where I do still have questions, where it's like this team, can can they perform to the point where they look good in the regular season and they rattle off 110 points And they allow Samsonov to have, you know, real solid numbers again, potentially get him an all-star bid. I think it's possible. It really, truly is. And there's no, you know, questions, I guess, about the way that the blue line's playing. But when push comes to shove, quite literally, I guess, are they going to be able to hack it come playoff time, knowing what we know and how things shake out in the postseason? That's, to me, still a massive question. Is will size and the lack thereof of this blue line play a factor in the spring?
1: This is why when I looked at when we were doing our off season look aheads and I read the comments and a lot of people saying, oh, they should go and get a guy like Zadorov from Calgary. Well, why is Zadorov such a popular name? Because he's got size, right? He's like out of all the defensemen in, in the in the NHL, and you know with the Flames situation, maybe them having question marks that they can contend, Dorov's the ideal target for a trade. Obviously, the Flames view themselves as a team that can't compete, so why would they trade in Nikita Zadorov, right? When we look at any targets that we were floating around for the Leafs to potentially go after to look at, majority of those guys had size because it's it's the one thing they really did lack. Look at who they brought in. At the trade deadline, Luke Shen was a guy that they targeted and had wanted to bring back because he had size and physicality and he his play thrived in the playoffs. He was one of the few defensemen that I didn't have a lot of bad things to say about because he knew that if he used his size, and his physicality, he was going to succeed in the playoffs. And unfortunately, you brought Vegas. <laughs> that, that's like the prime example of what you need in the playoffs size. You need some skill, and they certainly had that, but it's hard to get that. Teams aren't giving that away, nor should they be, and the Leafs, unfortunately, haven't drafted and developed those guys either to say, we don't need to go out and trade and sign those guys because we have them in-house. The Leafs don't have that either.
0: No, and even look at the blue line, like the young guys that they do have, like Lilligren's you know, a little undersized. He, well, he's not undersized, but like he's not a Hulk. You know, he's sub nope. two hundred pounds. You look at Topi Nimola, who is undersized. I think two hundred pounds. I think I saw uh, when I was looking at his weight, height, and weight chart—six foot two hundred. Like that's an okay size. Simo Benoit's a good size, but like you, they don't have any top defensemen, and that's always kind of been a problem. They finally fix out the forward group where they went and they added, you know, some grit and some toughness into the top end of that forward group. Now, can we see them kind of do the same thing with the blue line? Can they replace maybe a TJ Brody into somebody who can defend? Don't get me wrong. I don't want like a Ryan Reeves type of defenseman out there. That's not what I think we're we're looking for at this point. But can they go out there and can they make an upgrade? Um, not only with the, the style of play, but also, you know, just the size and the physicality and the toughness that's needed come playoff time. I think that is a legitimate question that people are going to have about this team going forward like a name like I, I they're not going to be able to pull off some of these trades for a lot of different reasons but like could they potentially be interested in, in a Colton Pareco? I know that's been something that they've kind of bounced off of uh you know they, they've talked about it in the past it was a different management group although so maybe that made things a a little bit different but you know could that potentially be a guy that they're interested in? Tyler Myers, if they can get some money retained, apparently has been a name that's been discussed in the past that Toronto might have interested in uh, at like not at six million, but at three million, they might have some interest in that uh, in that type of player, like an Adam Pellick. or like there's there's a lot of names you can go down the list and potentially find someone. Rasmus Ristolainen, who had a really nice bounce back season last year for Philadelphia. You know that that team's gonna suck this year. Could they potentially be looked to looking to offload some of their guys who are in their mid-20s and um you know won't factor into this rebuild? he's 28 years old, making 5.1. If you can get someone to, to keep a little bit of money there, perhaps that's something that could get done. Ben Charat. You know, like I'm just throwing out names because that we we always say, oh, it'd be nice to get a big, you know, right shot defenseman or, you know, big defensive defenseman, but then no one ever throws out names. I'm just throwing them out there. Again, these might not be viable options, but they're just, they are options at the, at the end of the day, Jamie Alexiak, another guy out in Seattle, who's a big dude could play the left and the right side. Um, So there are, there are some options out there at the end of the day that the Maple Leafs if they come up with the right package, if Brad Joe Living decides, yep, we totally need to improve the size to that group on the back end, there are going to be options throughout the season leading up to the angel trade deadline. And I can almost guarantee, guarantee Dave, that this blue line looks different. Come, was the, the deadline on the 9th or something this year
1: of March? Yeah, 7th, it's early March, March 7th, I think is. Yeah, well,
0: let's say March Mar- March 10th. It'll look different. I know for a fact, March 10th will be after the deadline. It'll look very different. I believe Uh, there'll be somebody who's got a little bit more meat and potatoes and there could be two different additions to this blue line between now and then I could totally see that happening within this team's top six. So um, there's a lot of question marks on the blue line. That's for sure. I don't think we're going to get a lot of answers um, in the first couple of weeks. But I do look forward to having some of these answers uh, kind of, you know, come to fruition at the very least uh, over the course of the season. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up quickly about uh, about this blue line or anything else that we touched on today?
1: Well, the one thing I'll say about the blue line is other than Morgan Riley, they don't have anyone signed long term. Right. So in a lot of ways, the Leafs aren't married to this decor. Right? So there is the potential for a lot of changes just because after this year, it's going to look different potentially in a lot of ways. Now you can't remake the whole blue line in one off season, but I think you can start to see the seeds of some changes potentially coming about. So that's the other thing to kind of keep an eye on going forward too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's another thing to, uh, to think about. There's some guys, you know, maybe next year is that year where they go heavy in free agency, Brett Pesci is going to be a a UFA if he doesn't end up signing an extension in Carolina. Noah Hannafin, I believe, is a pending UFA. You know, a couple of guys who could be be interested in becoming Maple Leafs. I know that I'd be interested in them becoming Maple Leafs uh, next season if that were to be the case. So, uh, yeah, the blue line, massive question marks. Hopefully we get some answers at some point. Hopefully, you know, we see a lot of these positives that we talked about actually come to fruition and uh you know we see some progression here out of a lot of these guys uh progression back to the means or back to what they were all right buddy why don't we call it for the day uh thank you that'll do it for us here today on the podcast uh i'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show you can subscribe to the lockdown these podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily leafs content Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow the show as well at Locked on Leafs. Go ahead, leave a like, get a comment down below on YouTube. That would be much, much appreciated. Definitely helps with our numbers that we try to hit uh, for, uh, for the podcast. Uh, but we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. We get a game tomorrow night against the Detroit Red Wings, the second to last preseason game. Uh, so we'll tee that one up for you all tomorrow. Until then, keep locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.